I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com hey it's jerry the king lawler and you're tuned in to the don tony and kevin castle show i don't know why you are but you are amazing says some guy these men have changed broadcasting forever the don tony and kevin castle show Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. I don't know, the, the, the baseball analogy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, come on, I'm just thinking, well, Yaki Kai, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. Oh, well, uh, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, uh yeah, um, uh, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> DonTony.com We got the music twice. Awesome. Awesome. So nice. I had to play it twice. What's up, everyone? It is April 27th, 2020. Welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, and join along with me as always is... Kev Castle. What's up, DT? No, what's going on? Discord folk alike. What's going on, man? Everything's good? No, not much, not much. Um, Just finished a... uh, in my opinion, a very lackluster edition of Raw. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how much I really want to uh, see Andrade take up uh, about more than a quarter of the show. You know, Apollo Crews with the symphony, sympathy knee, say that fast 10 times. I don't know, what would you think of Raw overall? I was going to say, Andrade, well, you can maybe call it the Selena Vega hour. She had about an hour 
uh, total time, her, as far as her stable, her TV time, interview time, backstage, front of stage. Selena Vega had clocked in about an hour tonight. I mean, yeah. listen, it's spe- special circumstances, but she, she's turning in the uh, manager. She's turning into the uh, manager extraordinaire on this show. Well, we talked about that last week that, you know, WWE is like really putting her in a lot of segments. And look, um, let's be honest. Uh, sex does sell. And I know a lot of people out there are going to immediately get triggered and say, oh, she's a lot more than that. Of course she is. She's talented. She's a good valet. She's a good manager. She wrestles well. But, you know, the outfits that she's putting on is to be a little bit of eye candy as well. That's why when you look, especially Fox News, at the women journalists, you know, you ever see any of them with, like, pimples or weighing 300 pounds or Shangata hair, you know, disheveled? No. It's, it's, uh, she's aesthetically nice to look at on television. Problem is, is that um, WWE, their ratings are in a massive decline, Vince, on a conference call last week, was talking about how, you know, the raw ratings have hurt because Lesnar's not there and they're trying to build up new stars. I mean, we hear this same shit every year, you know? it's it, They have many more people that they could feature on television. The fact of the matter is that some of them don't want to be there right now because of the virus. And, you know, Selena Vega's army... You know, the Latinos are very talented, but I'm sorry, man. You know, seeing that opening six-man tag, that really was pointless. I mean, I know some of them are featured in a ladder match, but it was pointless. It didn't really, it, it went over half an hour with commercials. It didn't amount to anything. And then we got to get 15 more goddamn minutes of Apollo Cruz and Andrade, which was a good match. But when you add the two together, it's like one-third of my Raw tonight was Andrade, Apollo Crews, and Triple H highlights. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And also, if they're trying to you know, get the ratings back the other way, they're definitely not going about it in any kind of uh, smart way. They're, they're utilizing people who are not an attraction. I mean, Zelina's great and everything, but... You know, people turn it on, they see her, they're probably, they might turn to another channel. There's really nothing, or they see Apollo, like, isn't this guy like a job worker the last three years? Is in feature matches now. I, I think they're, you know, they might be sending a message to the fans that well, we're going to give you what we can. Here it is, like it or lump it or turn a channel. This is what it is. And I think they should put their best foot forward. And I'll even give AEW a little bit of credit because they have done that with the empty arena matches much more than Raw and SmackDown have. So, and, and they have the, they have the wrestlers, but I don't know DT who wants to be here. Who doesn't, I mean, you know, it depends on who you read, who you ask, but if this is what they got, but I look, I just don't think they're putting their best foot forward right now in raw. I just don't think they are, you know, ratings are ratings and advertising revenue is advertising revenue. And I just imagine a TV show that is declining in ratings and declining in ratings and declining in ratings and somebody saying, well, you know, we have new actors on the show and we're trying to establish them and turn them into big stars. You know, how you get younger actors over in a TV show is you blend them with veteran stars. And Apollo Crews, 
you know, to me, it's the Smoke and Mirrors tour all over again. They've done that to Dana Brooke. They've done that to Naomi, unfortunately. They've done that to others. What happens? They qualify for a pay-per-view match, and then suddenly they win a match here. They go 15 minutes here. They go 10 minutes here. And Apollo Crews is a is talented as, as fuck. But once this money in the bank is over with, you know, Apollo Crews, I don't see any momentum. There is so many others above him on the food chain. And you mix in this Brandon Vink and Shane Thorne and, uh, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whoever the guy's name is that fought Lashley today. I mean, Denzel, what is this? Some Denzel something. Denzel Dijonet. I remember Dijonet. it sounded like a French disc, like a French dressing. Like, give me a salad with some Dijonet on it, whatever the hell his name is. I got it written down. I'm just too lazy to pull it. Um... I tell you, I just, I don't get it. And the funny thing is, you know, Jinder Mahal made his return today, destroyed Akira Tozawa. Happy to see Jinder Mahal back. I actually, you know, have warmed up to him, you know, in the past. And I've, I've gotten burned by a lot of people because of his championship run, which was not that good, let's be honest. But, you know, I see Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre crossing paths without a doubt. You could oh, see that. that a mile away. Mm -hmm. And I... And some people have said, you know, it's a shame they released Heat Slater. He could have even been the referee because he was a referee for a little while. But I tell you, you know, it made me think today. You know, why is it that you release someone and it's almost like bridges are burned? Right now, I honestly think, you know, it, I know it kind of goes against tradition. It goes against the grain. But you know what I would do if they're going to have Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre go at it in the very near future, why not call Heat Slater up and say, listen, I know, you know, unfortunately we have to downsize, but, you know, would you like to come in for, for one or two weeks, you know, for one, you know, taping for two weeks and maybe referee Jinder versus Drew and maybe you do a segment here and there, we'll pay you a little bit extra money. You know, you fly him in, you do, he does it, he goes back home. And the best thing about it is everything on TV now for WWE is pre-taped until July. Tape delay today, and this was recorded earlier today. If anybody, you bring anybody that's recently released in for, for a quick shot, you know, you don't have to worry about someone going on the microphone and then trying to shoot or trying to say something nasty or getting up and walking out. Everything is pre-taped. Heat Slater comes in, he tries to go into business for himself. You just redo it, you kick him out of the fucking building and he never is seen in the WWE universe ever again. Yeah, they could do that. I mean, again, make it interesting. Like, you know, put some of that stuff together with fans like, oh yeah, these guys have that connection. That's right. Make it interesting. Again, they're not utilizing stuff that they should be. And they're claiming that they're pushing new stars or giving other people a chance. Tamina's another example, someone who just walked back in the door and now is uh, winning matches left and right and then getting pushed again. But And maybe they're thinking, you know, with the COVID and not knowing when things are getting back, maybe this is the only time we're going to give these Apollos and Taminas a push. Or honestly, DT, they could be on the release, next, uh, release list next. Yeah. Shout out to everybody tuning in live on the replay. Shout out to Phil Maffey, who says he wants to get back into the show and start watching again. 
but the shows are so bad you can't get into it. You know, the wrestlers are trying. You know, I don't think anybody is ever disputing, you know, the, the effort of the people that are being put in. But my God, NXT can't even pull 750,000 viewers. And you're pulling people from NXT and they end up getting squashed. Or you're pulling people from NXT that are not a ratings draw whatsoever. And it's like, it just feels like filler. And I tell you, I just, this is mind boggling. This is really mind boggling because when you look at the roster, there are many other stars that they're just not utilizing. And yes, some I think have chosen to stay home. You think of Randy Orton, you think of a few others, Edge, what the fuck happened to him? You know, it's like, and and I want to point this out too. Don't want to start any controversy today. I want just people to think about this. I swear to God, this is not throwing shade on Becky Lynch, all right? Um, I kind of talked about this before, but uh, today I decided to do a little research just to make sure that I was accurate with it. Now, Kev, she's had over like a 360-day run, slightly over a year. All right, so six months ago would be about 180 days. It would be about half of her title run. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. With the exception of a couple of house shows, put the house shows aside for a minute, something I think people will find fascinating. Do you know how many singles matches Becky Lynch has had since November 1st? Six months ago. You have the accurate number? Oh, yeah. I pulled it. Guess how many singles matches in the almost the last six months, almost half of her title reign, that people are saying is one of the greatest of all time. How many singles matches do you think she had, with the exception of a couple of house shows? She did like three or four house shows. But how many singles matches do you think she she's done in the last six months? Uh, less Less than 50. She has done a total of six. She what? wrestled Rhea Ripley on the November 20th NXT. She wrestled Kyrie Sane on the December 2nd Raw. She wrestled Kyrie Sane again on the January 20th Raw. She's wrestled Asuka at the 2020 Royal Rumble. She wrestled Asuka on the February 10th edition of Raw. And she wrestled Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania 36. Here's another tidbit. She hasn't wrestled on Raw in almost three months holy shit i thought you talked about if she was at I, I got the question wrong i thought you meant like house shows how many appearances she's made for the uh, yeah many, she's had tag matches yeah. absolutely three ways of course i don't want anybody to think that she hasn't been active but you're the women's champion you know you defend the title usually against the singular person and when you look back in almost six months putting a couple of house shows aside the house shows were natty you know and nothing against Nanny, but six, a total of six. And wow. she has not wrestled on Raw in the last three months. Explain that to me. And that match with Shayna Baszler wasn't that long either. No. Was so funny. That was actually one of the shorter matches. I mean, I wish somebody last week on the conference call would have said, you know, when Vince said, oh, we're trying to build up new stars and blah, blah, blah. Somebody said, but Vince, is Becky Lynch injured? 
Does she not want to wrestle on, on television right now because of coronavirus? She is the man. She is the focal point, arguably, of the entire Raw roster. And from what I understand, she is not injured. Explain to me why she hasn't wrestled on Raw. And the funny thing is, is that hopefully people start picking up on this. And then something tells me that miraculously, maybe two weeks from now, she wrestles. Because remember, they already taped Raw for next week. So I don't know if she's on or not. I don't think so because they would have advertised her today. Say, next week, Becky Lynch returns to the ring. Explain no. that to me. You're not no, you're number one person. Not wrestling. You're right. And also tonight, or what do we get? The retread of shit we've seen time and time again. How many times are we going to see that fucking WrestleMania clip? Unless Ronda is coming back and they're trying to put us put her back in our in our in our minds that Ronda is, is still uh, a factor in this. But Seth Rollins, her living boyfriend or fiance, he's on all the time. He was yeah. here tonight. Why yeah. can't she be there? That's like you can't really say that, oh, she's afraid of COVID, so she's not afraid of Seth getting it who lives with her. So that doesn't make that COVID excuse doesn't fly with me because if seth who lives with her is engaged her uh makes the show she's gonna make the show so i don't know what it is dt i i have no idea either i'll be honest with you and um you know uh one of our listeners dalvin brown says the elimination chamber match with the women can be seen as the problem all the women got manhandled badly and none of them are viable to face becky well that's wwe's problem yeah you know no, it is. It is WWE's It's problem. WWE's problem. I mean, that's why they're getting the money. I mean, this is their challenge. They put the elimination chamber, which was Kaka's. Why is she not fighting, you know, uh, Danielle Dijonette? Why isn't she fighting somebody from NXT? What, there's no explanation. And if the man uh, doesn't have the kahunas to wrestle right now during the coronavirus because she feels uncomfortable. I totally respect that. But don't do this fucking smoking mirrors and showing WrestleMania replay and WrestleMania replay and WrestleMania replay and WrestleMania replay. But meanwhile, the shows are lackluster. They're the only sport on television right now that's not on replay. And you would think that, you know, let's, Bring all, you know, the major guns, no pun intended, you know, on TV. And they're absent, you know. Edge won his fucking match, you know, not even an into. I understand, you know, maybe he did the match, goes home for a couple of months, don't want to come back. Where's the simulcasts? You know, I mean, again, nothing against Andrade, Austin Theory, uh, Angel Garza, Zelina Vega. I don't want to see these fuckers on my TV for almost one third of every week. I, I'm telling you, man. And now, you know, MVP, you know, Montavia, Montel, Vontavia, whatever the fuck his name is, piss. That's what it is. It's an MV piss break. Now he's ma- he's managing two guys that look like they just fucking got pulled from the car wash on the corner. And, <laughs> I mean, Brandon Vink and Shane Thorne, they're not bad, but talk about random fucking people. Seriously, when MVP was saying that stuff, I mean, seriously, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander should have looked at each other and go, you gotta be kidding me. Seriously, it looked, it's just a joke. This is like random bullshit put together. I did not like this episode of Raw at all. 
No, me either. And I agree with you, DT. It's very random. If anything, this looks like stuff that you should have on NXT, you know, like where this new team challenges or whatever. This is a major television show on prime time that uh, USA really counts on pretty much in their lineup. And WWE, I think, has the attitude of like, yeah, put these guys out there, to, you know, put MVP, give him a couple of segments. I don't know who's thinking that this is the way to go. Again, unless there's this ass backwards thinking of, well, this would be the only time to get guys like this on TV. If we had the crowd back there, these guys are nowhere going to get near any camera time like this. So let's push them now, see if there's any interest. But th- they got to know that tomorrow is going to be a very disappointing rating there for Raw. Would you be shocked oh, yeah. if it's even less than it was last week? Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very close to last week. I mean, last week I don't remember if the NFL draft was part of Raw last week. I know SmackDown was, but yeah. I, I don't remember if it was. But man, I, I, again, there's there's no excuse for this. I mean, they're the only sport on television when entertainment. And just think, when you hear, oh, well, this NBA game on Monday night did 9 million viewers, or, the, you know, this baseball game did 7 million viewers, or this football game did 12, 15 million viewers, where are all these motherfuckers? You mean to tell me none of them just want to just, like, throw on some wrestling for a night? I mean, I just don't understand that. And the best part is, when all those sports were on TV, we didn't have a virus. Everybody is pretty much forced to stay at home, and they're still not turning it on. I, I don't oh, get it, man. I, I Actually, right. you know what? The only highlight of today's Raw, and it wasn't even using the term bullshit in the Seth Drew McIntyre segment. You know, oh, my God, he said bullshit. Uh, you see this video game that's coming out, Battlegrounds? No, what is that? Oh, my God. I got to be honest with everybody out there, and, I, and I'm going to make a prediction. And right now, I'm streaming on the on online some of the video of it. I'm not playing the audio because I'm a little worried about copyright infringement. But this video game that's coming out, it, it's like an arcade-style video game. And, you know, to me, you know, I... I, I there was a few people that were trying to compare it to other games in the past. And it's almost like WWE All-Stars meets NBA Playgrounds. And basically, it's a wrestling game, but it's it's like over-the-top arcade style. It's all, You remember when we used to play WrestleMania in the 80s? You picked like Road Warrior or Hogan or, you know, the Ultimate Warrior. And it would just be arcade, punch, punch, kick, kick. Like, you didn't have to build leagues. You just beat the fuck out of people. But this has over-the-top graphics where they show a clip where The Rock um, uh, hits John Cena. And John Cena, like, leaps over the rope. And there's an alligator waiting with his mouth open. And it looks like he's going to swallow John Cena. Now, we're not going to see any blood or guts. It's probably going to look like a goofy cartoon. But I tell you, I have been out of um, tune of wrestling video games for years and years and years. I think this video game coming out in the fall is going to be one of the most popular WWE video games of all time. Just the -the over-the-top arcade style and just, you know, the -the over-the-top violence. It, It almost reminds me a little bit of NBA Jam. Remember NBA Jam? 
That I remember. Yeah. All right, boom, shakalaka. He's on fire. I mean, it just looks like as you're beating the shit out of your other opponent, you start getting fire, you get green, you get this, you get that. It's just so over-the-top, arcade-ish, stupid. I am going to be getting this. I think it's going to be one of the best-selling WWE video games of all time, and I'm not kidding when I say that. I am so looking forward to this game. I hope everybody out there goes che and checks out some of the video and some of the footage. Now, the video that's come out, all we know in the game so far is Cena, Rock, uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Steve Austin is in the graphic. But... Um, Man, I tell you, they're going to have other legends in the game. But just the idea that it's almost like goofy Mortal Kombat. You know, it's like, it, it, I, I'm telling you, I can't wait for this freaking game to come out. When does the game come out? In the fall. In the fall. In the fall. Figure about three, four months, four or five months. Cool. So, um, now we don't know what platforms. Boom, shakalaka. Everybody's reminiscing NBA Jam now. But I'm telling you, it's like NBA Jam meets NBA Playgrounds meets... W oh, man. I, I saw it. I saw people that were like pissed off like, the fuck is an alligator doing in this video? That's the whole idea. You know? You knock somebody over the rope and there's a freaking alligator to swallow him up. Like, come on. It's just wacky stuff. Right now in this world, you know, maybe not sort of like comparing it to video games. Right now in this world, we need some simple, immediate smile on your face, enjoyment. We don't need no, let me manage your wrestler from NXT all the way to WrestleMania and being a GM or promoter. Just give me a fucking video game that all I have to do is hit three or four buttons you know, we do a create a wrestler. I could create some people that I don't like and just, you know, punch them over the top rope and see them get swallowed by an octopus or something, you know? Exactly. I'm telling you, it's it's a game. I know you've been out of love with video games for a while as well. Me, I still have, you know the arcade I have in my house? I have a PlayStation 2 that I don't use, but I have like a mini arcade game that has like Miss Pac-Man, Gallagher, Space Invaders, Dig Dug. Like, I'll still play those. But since, you know, the last 10 years, I really have not been interested in video games. This one immediately piqued my interest, and I said, yeah, yeah, this is a game I want to check out. I'm telling you, it's called WWE Battlegrounds. It's 2K Battlegrounds. It's going to be coming out in the fall. They're going to be announcing uh, additional stars in the very near future, and I think it's definitely worth a check. And I agree with you, Dalvin. Becky could be shown on a video game. She could be shown on a WrestleMania Rewind, which we got the full fucking match two or three weeks ago, if you remember, but she can't be featured on Raw. The man can't even do an interview segment. No, again, well, I'm checking out this video game. Uh, I tell you, things keep going the way they're going. I, maybe I'll get into video games again, something else to do. But I maybe check that out. If it's coming out in the fall, maybe I'll even buy it. If I, like I said, I might get back into it just to do something different. Yes. Ben, we're not denying it. We've definitely been out of touch with video games because we got so many other things going on. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just like, you know, me, I used to be the type that if I played a video game, I play it for eight hours or six hours. And I just don't have that kind of time anymore. And not and the patience as well. I used to love, I mean, I was playing uh, 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 Out of the Park. 
baseball. Anybody that's ever played that game, I mean, I still play it now, and I I still use the uh, 2018 version, or the, no, 2019 version, but, you know, that's all strategy and everything, but, you know, beyond that, I just think right now, you know, just a simple arcade game, a couple of laughs, a couple of, what the fuck am I looking at? Just, but goofy stuff. Like, you don't want to see the alligator ripping John Cena's arms and limbs. and You want to see the alligator swallow him and go, you know, like it sees, like the, no. the bulge go down his neck into his stomach. Or maybe even the, the, the alligator goes, and burps out Cena and he gets thrown back into the ring. I'm telling you, I think this is going to be one of the best-selling WWE video games of all time. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Like I said, let me check it out when it comes yeah. down the phone. So, obviously, everybody, that was your filler segment of the show tonight. We don't have too much to talk about. You know, we'll talk about Roar a little bit. Um, we'll talk about a couple other news tidbits. You know, again, coronavirus, not too much going on. Um Right now, the matches announced for Money in the Bank is McIntyre versus Rollins for the WWE Championship. Strowman versus Wyatt for the Universal title. And it's funny, if you look at the graphic WWE's advertising for that match, Kev, um, yeah. Braun Strowman is all serious and angry, and Bray Wyatt is the one smiling. <laughs> Bray's supposed to be the heel, Braun's supposed to be the babyface, unless they're doing the switch. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah. And you got Baszler versus Nia Jax versus Oscar, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and the winner between uh was it Carmella and who's her opponent on Friday? Carmella versus um oh Jesus Christ. So, someone in the chat who was it Carmella versus Mandy Rose. That's right, Mandy, Mandy Rose. Rose. I um I mean, you look at that match. I don't know, man. I, I don't tell know who's you who's gonna take that. because uh, they both seem about on even even keel, but you know, they're pushing Mandy now with uh, Otis, so maybe Mandy will take that. Yeah. On the men's side, we have, um, I think, Otis versus Ziggler with the last spot in the Money in the Bank. Personally, I think Otis is not getting in that Money in the Bank uh, match. Yeah, I think Ziggler needs his, to be rewarded. That's not Otis's thing for something like that, but maybe they just, just to put him in something interesting because he is over and people will tune in more to see him, so maybe they'll find a way to get him in there. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I, I said Sonya Deville cut the promo of her career, and then I said, and then what? Tell me what scenario where she would get that emotional, that detailed, again, ever, ever. I mean, what is she going to do? She's going to bump into Naomi in the back. You know, Naomi, since I was 19, blah, 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 blah. you know, there's, I don't see a scenario where she could get that passionate and detailed again. And you could see since then, it's almost like, what do we do now? What do we do now? I think Sonya Deville needs to cost Otis this match Friday and Dolph Ziggler advances to Money in the Bank. Then she should have a first blood match with Mandy Rose. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like let let I have like a real hardcore. Like Sonya's got talent. They just again they just don't know what to do with her. They stop start stop start. Good promo. Then you're right. Then what? Now what? And uh, that's you know again our job can be in jeopardy for the next cut because if they don't know what to do with somebody, they let you go. <laughs> Joe punches is being punched by me in the jaw. Is more thrilling than getting through Raw these days. Yeah, just they just you got knocked the fuck out. I, in fact, you know what? I watched Friday yesterday again because the 25 year anniversary of that movie with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker and everything. You oh, got yeah. knocked the 
awesome. That is, what an awesome movie, man. Zeus, uh, John Boy, the Witherspoon, I think his name is. John, John the father was. Oh, so the bathroom scenes, those bathrooms. Bernie scenes. Mac, a young Bernie Mac, man. Even <laughs> even Felicia, you know. I never Googled it, but is Felicia, was she, was she black or was she white? In that movie when they said black. Yeah, Felicia, by Felicia, like the crackhead. She looks, she's probably black. Yeah. She's, I, not, she's not white. You know, I said this on Breakfast Soup yesterday, and by the way, if anyone wants to check it out, yesterday, Mission, I did three and a half hours of Breakfast Soup on Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. And I said this yesterday, and I'm not saying that this has never been said before, but I did a Google search yesterday, and I really looked hard, and I did not find anybody ever bringing this up. And you might think that I'm way off on this, but as I was watching the movie yesterday, something reminded me of a thought that I had thought many, many years ago that just totally escaped my mind. And I know, again, I think a lot of people out there say, DT, I think you're just exaggerating, or maybe you're just stretching it, or your mind's wandering, but... I felt back then, and I still feel that way now, that the beginning of Los Guerreros, lie, cheat, and steal, when Eddie, God rest his soul, and Chavito were in the car with the hydraulics, and they would be cruising around the neighborhood. I watched that scene yesterday again where Chris Tucker's in the back seat smoking angel dust, and he's got, you got the two Latinos sitting in the front, with the car like Eddie would drive with, you know, the hydraulics. And Chris Tucker even says, yo, essay. And I was thinking, I remember a long time ago saying, you know, I bet you either Chavito, Eddie, or somebody in WWE got part of that idea from the movie Friday. Probably, yeah, I'll probably say. You I mean, know? everybody's seen that movie. It registers with, with everyone. I mean, it's part of pop culture, that movie. Yeah, um, Arn Larry. Yeah, not every Mexican is in 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 a low rider as Eddie. I get that, but look at the time frame. Friday came out in 1995. It became a major hit. They came out with sequels, and there were certain scenes in the movie that became extremely infamous. And WWE at the time, I mean, Vince admitted it in interviews. They would bite off of Beavis and Butthead. They would bite off of other shows, outrageous stuff, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened. I think they might have gotten part of that idea from uh, from that movie. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Of course, again, that, that movie registers with everybody because they want people to get those kind of hints like where they say, oh, yeah, that's probably where they got it from. I mean, again, uh, all, all these, everything is taken from something, so you, you're probably not far off. Yeah. Now, a few people are saying that um, Apollo Crews, WWE just announced that Apollo Crews is out of money in the bank. Um. I honestly don't know if it was a, if it's a storyline. I don't know if maybe he really did tweak his knee. I don't know. You know, some people are now saying that maybe Apollo Cruz was never meant to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. That I tend not to believe because Apollo Cruz is talented. You know, climbing the corporate ladder and showing what you got that fits Apollo Cruz perfectly. So I am not gonna unless they announce a replacement. Or unless they announce that next week on Raw we're going to have a match to determine the replacement, I think it's a little too soon to tell. Maybe by the time the show's over in the next hour, you know, we'll know. 
But as of right now, I think it's a little bit too soon to uh, to say. I agree. Yeah. So, um, trying to think. Oh, you know, I, I wanted your opinion on this too. I think this is a nice little conversation. Just random stuff to talk about this week. That you know, I think a lot of people out there, it'll be a nice, friendly debate with. But recently, last week, Eric Bischoff. Bully Ray and Jim Ross um, were, I guess, having a difference of opinion online as far as who created the Attitude Era, who was responsible for the Attitude Era. And what happened was Eric Bischoff wrote, and I quote, the Attitude Era was nothing more than a derivative of the NWO and the Nitro Era, which forced WWE to abandon their previous creative strategy and presentation and compete with a new formula. Bully Ray then says, and the NWO, Nitro, and Attitude Era were nothing more than a derivative of the ECW era. ECW was the Napster of the wrestling business. Both companies may have gone out of business, but both companies revolutionized their respective industries. Fans still chant ECW. Jim Ross gives his two cents, and he says one simple sentence, and the catalyst for the Wild West feel of ECW was Mid-South Wrestling. Hmm. So my question to you is... Who's right? Who who would you side with more than anything? Bischoff saying that the Attitude Era was because of the NWO and Nitro. Bully Ray says ECW. Jim Ross says Mid-South, which sparked ECW. I mean, as a guy who was a big Mid-South fan and territory watcher in the 80s, I mean, when I saw ECW in 94 and then 95, it really started picking up steam. I The difference was Mid-South had established stars there. You know, it was, it was you know, it's a big difference. Uh, ECW had a lot of journeymen, also rands, build-up stars. You know, guys like Raven who were coming off of, uh, you know, managing the, the Quebecers and then goes and becomes Raven. And it was interesting, the, the metamorphosis that wrestlers would do when they would go to Cold Scorpio leaves WCW with a shit tag team with Marcus Alexander Bagwell and goes to ECW and becomes uh, legendary. Um, so Shane Douglas, all these guys who were, you know, cast aside from WCW, even some WWF guys, Al Snow, so ECW, I'm going to go with ECW. I'm going to go, with, I hate to agree with Bully Ray on anything, but ECW started the whole thing, I think, when it came to attitude, but they didn't have a name for it. It was just called extreme. And that word extreme, as you know, DT, was was used to death throughout the 90s, not just in wrestling, but in everything. Everything was extreme. Yeah. Um, so they started the attitude, no doubt. They were the Napster. That's fair. I'll give him that credit. That's totally fair. Uh, but WWE put the gas behind it, the money, the uh, means, top guys, Shawn Michaels, DX, Steve Austin, The Rock. Now, granted, The Rock was just a build-up star at that point, the beginning of the Attitude Era. Stone Cold uh, was already getting hot by 96 uh, into 97 is when he really blew up. But I'm going to say ECW, 94, 95, 96, they had it. The NWO, yeah, all right. But, again, they took that idea, DT, if we're talking shooting for real here, they took that idea off of Japan, didn't they, the NWO? Didn't yeah. Eric Bischoff get that from Japan? Everybody who's, yeah. does well, that homework. There's a lot of historians who listen to this show. You guys are probably saying, yeah, they, they copped that idea off of Japan. 
Um, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go bully Ray. I'm going to back uh, ECW on that. They started the attitude, the, the, just the fucking swagger and fucking guys just not giving a fucking, you know, the fucking extreme wrestling and rate almost PG 13, almost rated R television. Sometimes I'll go with ECW created it. And WWE was the one who put everything behind it and created monster stars. Now let's be honest. ECW never had Rob Van Dam. You can't even compare to how big Steve Austin got. And as big as the NWO got, Hogan just turned heel. I mean, they used the WWF guy, a legend who was built up in WWF, and turned him bad guy. Uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were coming off of good runs in WWF. I'm going to go with ECW, and then WWF would be second. I'm sorry, I'm going to put WCW in last place. Well, the reason why I don't agree with Bischoff is because NWO was not considered attitude. No. Um, no. You know, it, it was like, you know, taking over a company and the storyline was unique for the United States, but attitude and invasion are two totally different, you know, definitions to me. The reason why I agree with Bully Ray also and go with ECW is although Jim Ross is correct, Mid-South, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, some of those promotions were doing wild shit before ECW started doing it. The difference is, is that WWF at the time when Mid-South was doing it, WWF didn't start going attitude when Mid-South was doing it. Mid-South, Mid if you say ECW might have gone that way because of Mid-South, yes, but it wasn't until ECW started to get a little bit of a buzz and an underground following because, you know, I remember I lived through it and I was one of the fans. It started getting this underground following and WWE started to take notice and it wasn't just the type of, matches or style because we did have Eddie and Dean Malenko in ECW. You have Mysterio, Guerrero, Guerrero, um, Psychosis, Laparca, Conan. But the thing is, is that one thing you saw completely different about ECW that WWE didn't have, and WCW didn't have is they didn't have fans that were just losing their fucking minds right. at a wrestling event. You know, when, when someone would get put to a table, you know, I invite anybody to go back and look. I remember this this one guy in particular, really thin guy with glasses, and he would be like, ECW. I mean, you just, that energy. And I went to a lot of ECW events, and the heat and the sweat and the smell, but the energy was insane. I mean, you know, I remember going to the garden, in the early 80s, well, mid-80s, and, you know, there was an energy, there was a buzz, but a majority of the people there were older and they were cheering. They weren't getting families. out of there. You Fam know. Yeah, families. Yeah, ECW is just a whole different animal. So I, I got to go with Bully Ray also. I'm curious what others think out there. By all means, on the feedback of the shows, by all means, let, it, let us know who you side with and... I don't totally respect what whichever person you take side you with, can, but you, you, you can find the reason. You can find the reason for all three DT and four, including Mid South. Sure, but ECW was like you said. I I didn't go. You did. You were more into it than I was. Um, it was a movement. That was ECW was like a movement, almost mm -hmm. like a, you know, a, you could say like a trend. No, I think it was more than a trend. Some people say it was trendy. 
Uh, no, I think WCW, the NWO, was trendy. I think ECW was a movement. You know, I think ECW was more grassroots. It was more legit. I think NWO, let's be honest, guys, we tuned in to see the stars. You tuned in to see Hogan be a bad guy. He had a crew of top guys. ECW didn't have any top guys, so to speak. They just gave different gimmicks to guys who were like journeymen and mid-carters and stuff, and then from there they created a movement. Who was Tommy Dreamer? It wasn't a household name back then. He became one. NWO already had established stars who just switched sides. So I think... A trend was WCW, a movement was ECW, and then WWF capitalized on the whole thing and blew both out of the water yeah. because they had the money and the means to do so, and they had one guy, and his name was Steve Austin, and you can't compete with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I want to shout out Bruce Couch, Jose Fuentes. Uh, welcome to our patron, and welcome back, Sharon Pierce. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out our associate producers and sponsors in a moment. Um, we're going to... Talk a little raw. We'll get back to some other news tidbits in a few minutes. Um, to me, today, WWE did the same pattern that they've done in previous weeks, and it's not just, you know, the Zelina Vega show where, you know, she's featured multiple times. But they open up the show with a long, long match for their standards, and then they fill it with loads of promos, very quick matches, and then around the second hour, they'll throw in a longer match again, and then you get you know kind of caca towards the end, and then it leads to something else. Like last week, we opened up with a twelve-minute match. Well, I, actually, let me let me say this a little differently. Last week, you had seven matches that were five minutes or less, but once they opened up with the twelve-minute match, the next match was a minute then three minutes, then four minutes, then three minutes. Then you had a long 15-minute match, which was Mysterio and Buddy Murphy. Then you went back to the two-minute, four-minute, and five-minute. This week, same thing. Opening match, 25 minutes. Then they go to the minute and a half, two minutes and 50 seconds, a minute 35. Then they go back to the longer match, which was Andrade and Apollo Crews, and there were significantly less matches this week. I don't know if people realize it. Last week, we had like 11 matches. Today, I think we technically had five, if I'm correct. And the uh, Asuka, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler segment, there wasn't even a referee out there, so I don't even know what the fuck that was. But I'm curious. I don't know how you feel about it, but... What's your thoughts of Tamina recently, especially with that video she did online, basically telling the fans, you don't like it, go fuck yourself. And what do you think about Nia Jax, you know, kind of like trolling the fans online as well? What do you think about those two women right now? Well, we talked a little bit about that on uh, Frank and Gus today. Shout out to Mission Joe, of course, a.k.a. Frank and Gus. Um, Yeah, I saw the video, saw it last night when it was posted of her dancing and this is what I think of when fans, or what the haters come out or whatever. And it was funny, DT, I was, I was noticing a lot of our listeners, friends, on followers on Twitter, mine and yours, the shows alike, were on there trying to explain to her in a nice way uh, that we don't hate you. We just don't like your attitude. Like, it was so funny. They were trying to diplomatically put it to Nia, and then Nia Jax's fans and her, you know, diehards would get behind them. You don't get it, you idiots. She's being a heel. 
And I'm saying, no, you don't get it, moron. She's hurting people. That's not being a heel. She's being reckless. Again, there's, there's some talk about smoke and mirrors, DT, about uh, the difference of people thinking they understand the business and those who do understand the business. Um, she's not protecting people. When she threw Carrie Sane into that corner, there was no protection at all. She just dropped her, threw her in there. The fact that Carrie Sane didn't get hurt is lucky. It's not, well, Carrie didn't get hurt, so that's why it's no big deal. Yeah, this time. But she's hurt other people. And I don't get what Nia Jax is trying to do, quite honestly, DT. But I also don't buy, and I talked about this today, that she is protected because she's related to The Rock. Or The Rock's mom is her godmother. I don't buy that. She is, uh, what she is is the poster girl for plus-size women. She's an attractive woman. Even though her attitude is not that great, she's, uh, you know, the WWE likes what they have in her as far as representing a certain type of woman. And she's that girl. She's that it girl for them. They don't have anybody else like her. Her whole theme. I'm not like most girls. That's listen to the song. Says itself. So I don't. It's not political that she keeps her job and that she's in can't touch this girl because she's Rock's cousin. That's bullshit. Rock never gets involved in anything like that. He doesn't protect anybody. Did he protect Rosie or Jim or uh, Umaga who are related to him in an offshoot way? And by the way, I think she's his fourth cousin removed. Uh, so that's nonsense. I think it's just that she's. The, she walks the red carpet for them. She's the bigger girl, the plus-size girl. She appeals to certain people. I think if, when they come down on her, she makes like, oh, it's because I'm this or that. I think, you know, I, don't, I think she's a little disingenuous with her fans. People say it's an act that she's putting on. She's being an asshole on purpose, trying to draw heat as a heel. I just think she's kind of jerky, in my opinion. And it seemed like if you go and see the comments that followed, she had a lot more detractors than supporters on, the, on that thing she posted. Was she looking for that? I don't know what you're going to say, DT. I'm waiting, but was she looking to get that reaction, or does people just think she's a jerk? What about Tamina? Tamina seems like a nicer woman. I mean, people will say the same thing. Uh, you know, Again, the cynical fans, I know, DT, you hate hearing stuff like this, but, oh, well, Vince covered for her dad. You know, with this, you saw the documentary. Vince did made the payoff for Jimmy Snooker. He kind of owes her a lifetime job. He probably... She's probably employed there because of the snooker thing. Vince was guilty in the payoff, and it's just a payback to the snooker family. People love the conspiracy theories. I don't know. Maybe Tamina's just a nice employee. They like her. She's pleasant. Uh, you know, she's an older woman. She can. She's, you know, a, a go-to girl when they need her. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not back there. I don't work there. It's just we talked about it. Today. Everything we say is opinions. I, I'm just giving you my opinion. But I think Tamina's got a nicer rep. Everybody says nice things about her. Um, I don't know why they stop, start, push a 43-year-old woman who, in all due respect, every time they bring Tamina back, I, I would think she'd tweak her gimmick or lose weight or change her image, but she just kind of comes back looking the same like she always does. Um, outside of doing the super fly, which she does, does she even do that anymore, that move? Um, I don't really know why they have her here, to be honest with you. Naya, at least, Naya's 15 years younger, so I could see why Naya, but... Uh, Tamina's in almost in her mid forties, so I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, Tamina, I tell you that video that she put online that she basically told the fans, you know, like go fuck yourself. You know, not exactly. Naya, Naya, me. But what? Naya, you mean? No, right? no. Tamina did a video. Which one? When did Tamina do a video? Yeah, Naya did a video dancing and stuff and like this, but not uh, Tamina did a video also. She put like little flowers and graphics and. I tell you, I saw this video, and if I can't share it over here because I don't want to get flagged, but maybe playing off of maybe playing off of Naya. No, nah, well, Naya. I don't know because Tamina's video came out before Naya's dance, but that video to me 
was like the most entertaining promo that I have ever remembered me enjoying of Tamina. And I instantly started thinking to myself, okay, the chances of her beating Bailey is slim to none. Um, but I tell you, man, Tamina, if she put more of this stuff online and showed a little bit, I'll give you a good example of someone. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. There was a wrestler uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I, I don't think it was Titus O'Neil. So, someone will remember immediately because I talked about it a lot. And I remember the wrestler in WWE doing these videos online. And he had almost no personality on television. But he would do these videos online, hanging out with other WWE stars. And he would come off hysterically funny charismatic, really, really likable. And, and I'm hoping somebody, no, I think it was somebody of color. I, for some reason, I'm thinking black. I'm, and I'm not saying I'm any controversial, but I, I'm, it's right on the cusp. Um, oh, Big E, thank you, thank you, Big E. Early on, Big E, I, and it's funny because you say it now and you're like, wait, Big E without a personality? Big E, you go back about five years Biggie just had no personality on TV. He had no charisma whatsoever. And right. yet we would watch these YouTube videos and he would make me laugh. Like you wouldn't believe. And this guy had so much charisma and so likable. And maybe a lot of it was because WWE didn't allow him to really expand or be himself a little bit. But he they finally you know, did the, the New Day gimmick, and he started coming out of his shell. Even in the beginning, he would dance a little bit, but he really didn't have that. And then it was just like, Jesus Christ, it finally, you know, echoed what he was doing on the videos to TV. And Tamina, I'm not comparing her to Big E, but Tamina, you watch this video. This is something that she can build on YouTube and show that personality that has really never been seen on television. And I'm telling you, I, Mish will be blown away by me saying this, but I have suddenly become a fan of Tamina. I actually want to see her go out winning a title at some point, winning something. I want to actually see it. I'm not kidding when I say that. Nia Jax... I was concerned about that attempted buckle bomb to Kyrie Sane last week. And yes, there's been a couple of incidents in the past where she may have injured someone. I think all of this right now is what I said two, three weeks ago when she returned. Everything that is being done now is for one reason and one reason only. And that is she is going to feud with the person that some people think she created when she bloodied Becky Lynch's face. And Becky Lynch had that bloody nose and she stuck her hands out and looked up and the man was born. So I think this is all to build up Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. And to be honest with you, we don't know if Kyrie Singh got injured. Um, it looks like she's a little reckless in the ring. 
But, you know, I, I posted something on Twitter that I wrote two years ago, and I just wrote Groundhog Day today. I've been a Naya fan for a while now. She's yeah, obviously, it's a little concerning with some of the moves, but if she's a massive heel, you know, you, you, you can't, and I know this sounds fucked up, but you're not supposed to show compassion in the ring. If she screwed up the buckle bomb, I honestly think it must have really, like, crushed her inside. Like, oh, my fucking God, did I just injure her? And they said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Go to the bank, and hopefully she finds out she's okay. Thank God, thank God. I don't think Nia Jax is a bitch at, at heart. I think Nia Jax, I don't know her personally, but I think Nia Jax, to me, might be one of the nicer people out there. But because she's a big woman and because she is always... Look, I have been heavy uh, since high school. You know, I still got another 30, 40 pounds to lose, even though, you know, some people may not think so. Trust me, I do. But, you know, I posted very recently that picture of me when I was 365 pounds. I know what it's like to get made fun of repeatedly for years and years and years. And for her... You know, when you constantly get berated and poke fun at and this is and I know they try to make it into a gimmick and, you know, she's a, a bigger woman. But, you know, I think some of that just might be, you know, the revenge for all the years that she was was probably bullied. I don't I don't dislike Naya. I'm actually a fan of hers and I, I don't want to see her injure anybody. But I actually root for her, and I actually would be cool with seeing her winning money in the bank. Well, DT, let's be clear. And like I said, not just me, but even the guy, people, and you could see a lot of our fans and, and followers are on that thread. No one there is attacking her for a weight, and has nothing to do with it. John Candy is one of the most beloved actors of all time. Everybody loved the man because he was pleasant and he was a nice guy. It's nothing to do with weight. You can be an asshole and be 135 pounds. It's nothing to do with that. Being reckless is being reckless. You know, it could be anybody. There was, you know, guys in great shape. Lex Luger was reckless. Some say the Ultimate Warrior was reckless in the ring. Uh, I mean, again, it's really nothing to do with cosmetics or anything like that. It's I didn't say the character. Had no, to no, do no, with no. Cosmetics. No, 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 but I'm just saying, so in case anybody's aware, there's no no one even on that thread that I see attack her over. Wait, but maybe she's uber defensive because of that and thinks that maybe they are attacking her because she's a, a big girl or whatever. But she she's the only one of her type, really. She's a lot even bigger than Tamina, not just in weight, in size and height. Uh, and she's an attractive woman to boot, so it's not like that she's some monster and we're trying to paint her. It's attitude, and it's kind of, you know, we're not sure what's a work and what's not. Uh, unless someone has met her, maybe someone in the chat can say, well, I met her, I had a pleasant experience. Said, okay, great. But again, we don't know her. You just said it yourself. I don't know her. I never met her. Um, but again, just seeing some of the things she does, you question and say, is she just trying to be a jerk? Is she trying to get wrestling heat or just in a bad mood today? Um, she's an interesting uh, uh, Twitter person because I, I don't really know where she's coming from sometimes. Uh, the Tamina thing I did see real quick, DT. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw some of it. Looks like she's mostly just kind of promoting herself for money in the bank. But it looks interesting. It's something, you're right, that I've never seen her do before. And they should play upon that if she has some personality there. I don't know how many takes that took to do that. But if she can do stuff like that, maybe. Because she is a baby face. Remember, DT, she's going in as a, as a baby face. Yeah. Well, so I don't know why she cut like a heel promo on the fans. Wait, you know I mean? Nia is a, Well, I don't think Nia is No, 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 no. Tamina. Tamina. Oh, Tamina. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But. But, you know, with the Naya stuff, you know, let me make this clear to everybody out there. You know, I'm a fan of 
Nia Jax, but I'm a bigger fan of Asuka, and I'm a bigger fan of Kyrie Sane, and I'm a, a bigger fan of some of the other women on the roster. You know, I can like multiple people. All I'm saying is, is that, you know, I don't think, you know, the injuring people is intentional. And we don't know if Kyrie Singh got injured. Yes, it looks sloppy. I hate to break it to people, but over the years, there have been wrestlers that we have been fans of that was a little bit reckless and sloppy in the ring. I got news for you. I got news for you. I remember doing my wrestling hotline in the late 90s with Matt Zombie and Brian Damage, and we used to talk about how a lot of wrestlers used to complain about Mark Henry and, you know, sometimes you get potatoed or Vader would potato people or even Rob Van Dam early on, there would be errant kicks. Even to a certain extent, there were other wrestlers who would inadvertently... Yeah, Vader, Vader, Vader. Yeah, so yeah. Ahmed Johnson is another one. You know, it's just that in this case, it's someone that a lot of people dislike. I don't, I don't give Nia a pass for the sloppiness. The sloppiness has to be addressed and sloppiness needs to my honest opinion a lot of the naya stuff when she's errant that could be fixed simply by not doing the fucking bunker bomb again True. not doing certain things if something you know it comes off a little sloppy you don't do that again for the foreseeable future just like Seth Rollins when he injured Sting. I mean, Seth Rollins, you know, there was more than one time. John Cena with the nose that looked like this. I mean, I don't remember people, you know, some people were uh, complaining of Seth Rollins, but it wasn't intentional. You know, Cena said, look, it was an accident. Sting, it was an accident. A lot of people knew Seth Rollins is a talented, talented motherfucker. But sometimes things happen. Now, I'm not comparing Nia's ability to Seth Rollins' ability, but, you know, when it's a wrestler you like that might have an errant move here and there and somebody, you know, looks a little scary, you, you kind of, like, brush it off a little bit. But if it's someone you don't like, you know, then it's, like, off with their heads. And that's totally understandable. But, again, you know, I'm a fan of Nia's. I think Nia's versus Ronda Rousey was one of the better matches that I have seen in recent years on the WWE level, let's let's make right. that clear. But, you know, I don't think she's this, you know, absolutely worthless person that should be let go. I don't I don't think it's that extreme. I mean, you know, and I don't like comparing ineptness with other ineptness because you know some people who got released are like oh you keep dana brooke but you let this person go oh you keep this person yeah you can't look at it like that i don't think naya is as bad and plus when you have someone that big you know like you said it's a rarity you know bertha fay awesome kong is a, those are rarities to have someone yeah. huge like that that could actually move around so you know i i think She's got to tighten up some of her repertoire. She's got to avoid some of the moves that might be a little risky. But I honestly, I have never, unless you know one, nobody comes to mind. I have never recall any woman, uh, you know, even women that are no longer employed by WWE that's ever said that Nia Jax, not only is she reckless, but she 
she doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit. I just, you know, I don't believe that that's the case. Well, we'll wait for someone to get released. We'll wait for someone who's released yeah. and can speak openly on a shoot interview. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, Nia Jax is not one of my favorites. Let me make this clear. But I am a fan of hers. And, you know, I'd rather see somebody of that size, you know, give me the suspension of disbelief that that person squat should squash someone. Now, you know, I don't like, you know, what they did with her and Kyrie Sane and the stuff tonight with Oscar and Shayna Baszler. Uh, you know, I, I, when we heard the three-way, I know a lot of people are out there like, okay, how's this clusterfuck going to end? Because they're all in the ladder match, you know? But um, to me, I think, you know, let's see what happens. But it would not surprise me if Nia wins that and she cashes in to take on Becky Lynch. Or WWE goes the lazy route, someone else gets the briefcase, and Nia still challenges Becky Lynch for, for the title. <laughs> Exactly. You know? So let I guess we could stay on the raw topic since we just talked about Nia and Shayna Baszler and Oscar, which really was nothing. She just tossed them around and there was never a match. But uh Lashley, you know, is this the beginning of the end pretty much of Lashley and Lana as a couple? I mean they've been building this for a while, but Lashley doesn't want Lana out there anymore because she's a distraction. Yeah, their, their marriage is probably not going to make it, you know. So I'm surprised Lana stayed with her husband getting released. I figured, I know she signed the new deal and everything, but she can always abandon that deal. Um, unless they have real plans for her. I don't know if Lashley's turning babyface. I'm not sure. I mean, but again, uh, you know, beats this Denzel guy. It was really nothing to see there. Uh, another doldrum match uh, on Raw. Yeah, you know what? This is a good point that somebody pointed out since we're talking about Raw as well. You know, Dalvin says that Becky is not on TV and no one says a peep. Brock doesn't show up and everybody rips WWE for it. And it's funny because Vince in the conference call last week, you know, blamed some of Raw's decline on Brock. They no longer have Brock. That's how he kind of said it. He's still under contract, but with the coronavirus, I guess he's staying home. Yeah. But um, you see, you know, Brock is not there. And yet, when you watch the beginning of Raw, the intro, who's the first person you see pretty much? Brock Lesnar. Yeah, tonight the first person we saw was MVP. So that's well, I mean good. the opening intro yeah, when they have yeah, the yeah. opening music and not everything good. like that. and uh, But the uh, opening segment, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, the opening credits. So... But, um, you know, here's another good question. Talking about the women in the WWE, uh, T. Smitty 3000, um, how high do you, could you see Bianca Belair in the women's division? And, you know, what, how do you think that WWE will utilize her, like, over to, for like the Bianca, rest of I the like year? I like Bianca Belair. I like her. I mean, I think she's a real, she's kind of polarizing. It seems like anybody I talk to about her is either passionately against her or likes her. She's got a real split down the middle thing going uh amongst the fans. Uh, even the diehard NXT is like, oh, I can't fucking stand her. And then there's other people like, oh, she's 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 one of the best. I li I personally like her. I like her attitude. I'm not a big thing of the hair thing. I'm not big on that hair thing. I hope that uh, gets cut and gone because she's got talent. She's definitely the strongest, uh, natural strongest uh, woman in the company, in my opinion. I'm sure she can get Nia Jax up in a, in a finisher. Like that. She's just a, a buff chick who's real uh, super athletic. I mean, I've seen her workouts. I mean, she's just amazing. 
Um, and I think she's got a good attitude. Promo's not bad. She's got the swagger. She's got the attitude. Um, the hair just makes her stand out, I guess. But she doesn't need that. She doesn't need that hair thing. I get it's her gimmick, but I hope that's not for life. Uh, I hope down the road she changes that. She doesn't need it. Um, I like her. I think she could be the future champion if they give her a push. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of big on Bianca Belair. I think she can go. I think she can go as far as they'll let her. And Lord knows her husband Montel Montez is a future star himself. So they could be a real power couple in the WWE if they get the right push. Because you could say, well, look what happened to Lana and Rusev. Let's not even compare the two. Lana's not a wrestler at all. She's barely a dancer or an actress. Uh, Bianca Belair is the real deal athletically, wrestler-wise. Montez Ford is a future star. Even tonight, I was impressed with him being serious in his promo tonight, uh, which it looks like. And eventually, I think they're going to turn him heel. And uh, I'm, you're looking at two future stars in Montez and his wife, Bianca. Uh, equally, they will do just fine. I think they're, you know, they talk about the future of this company. Those two are in the, in the conversation. I tell you, with the... Uh... The Viking Raiders today, last week, they're doing carpool karaoke, eating ham and, you know, just looking like goofs. And then this week, they're all angry and they want the smoke. They want smoked ham. Um, I don't know, are they now suddenly heels again? I mean, I, I don't know what this was. What was the purpose of last week? I don't. I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing there. I'm not. I'm not sure what the point is with uh, which team's the babyface, which is the heel team. Not even sure. You I'm, know, I'm I sure. I could. You know, if they would have opened the segment today, like being a little bit lighthearted, and then all of a sudden get serious, and you know, like try to like say like you know, don't judge a book by its cover. As far as you know, the, the, don't mistake in us. You know, it just. You last week, and again, this is what happens when you just throw shit together. Last week, they goofs in a car, and everybody's like, "The hell are you doing to the Viking Raiders?" And then this week, you know, look, I, I brought this up Friday, and I hope everybody understands this. You know, in the past, um, a lot of people in WWE and some other wrestling companies, well, but mostly WWE, have said they view social media. And the outspoken on Twitter and Facebook as a very tiny percentage of the overall fan base. And they say there's always that tiny out, outspoken group. Well, up until coronavirus, you had that outspoken group on social media that were very uh, vocal about the product. But right. you could judge you know, fan reaction and who's over and who's not by the live crowds that were there. So now with no live crowds, the you have to depend solely, well, almost solely on the feedback you get online. So now that very tiny group of people that you always wrote off is, you know, just, you know, the tiny small part of the WWE Universe, now you really have to pay attention because if you put them aside... You know, the only other way to determine is to look at the ratings and look at the quarterly hour breakdowns and see, like, holy shit, this match, we lost 300,000 viewers because I don't have the breakdown in front of me. But if you look at the breakdown last week and a week before of some of the crowd, you know, the, the ratings going up significantly and going down significantly, you know, that's that's a problem. I, I feel like they must have saw how much lashback online last week for the Viking Raiders car 
karaoke that they said, you know what, fuck that. You know, get rid of it quickly for now. And now all of a sudden they're serious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I think the two teams, um, you know, the two of the better teams that they have, but I'm not sure who the babyface team, I think those Street Profits are the good guys, right? Yes. Okay. I'm yeah, this, sure. this, I, thought, I thought the War Raiders were, the, excuse me, War Raiders, sorry, Viking Raiders, because they had teamed up in that battle to go against Rollins and his crew a month and a half ago, two months pre-coronavirus, uh, helping Kevin Owens. So I thought the War, the War, Viking Raiders, excuse me, I keep getting the name wrong, uh, they were good guys, weren't they? And did, when did they turn heel? Or is this just a battle of the let the fans decide who the baby faces are here? Well, the fan, you know, like I, like I just said, they could only pull what they see online. I mean, you know, that's really the only way they could do it. I think right now that is the most visible, well-known tag team on the WWE roster on Raw that they could put up against the Street Profits. They just let go Gallows and Anderson. They can't go up against them. They, they, couldn't, they didn't move Ryder and Hawkins to Raw to maybe face them, so they released them. So you look at tag teams. I, I'm sorry, uh, Shane Thorne or whatever the fuck their names are, Brandon Vink, who care? You, they come out and they challenge for the title. I mean, you could have possibly Garza in theory, but, you know, they did that. You know, sort of. You know, you know. so I think just right now that tag team division on Raw is so thin, especially with this virus going on, that they realize we got to put the Viking Raiders up against the Street Profits and we can't have two teams goofing around. You know, you have Viking Raiders last week being goofy. And then today you have the Street Profits getting serious. Yeah, and again, I like the, the Street Profits being more serious. Um I, out of the two teams, I personally like the Street Profits better. Uh, I just, I just uh, think they have more upside than the and from from a promotion selling merch and stuff like that. If I'm, you know, running the company, or I'm a booker, I'm Heyman, I'm pushing uh, Street Profits over uh, Raiders. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan beating Ruby Riot two weeks in a row under three minutes. Uh, yeah, people hit me up, going, "Dude, your girl, what's going on?" Ruby Riot, who I'm a big fan of, everybody knows since day one. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, again, I, and I say, listen, a lot of people look at Apollo Crews. He was a job guy for three years. Now he's in the spotlight again. Uh, they can temporarily at any time. Yeah, temporarily. I know. But Ruby Riot can doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean she's next on the cut list. It could. I don't know. Hope not. Uh, they're like, ah, Kev, she's never going to get anyway. She's not blonde. McMahon's never going to push her. She's all tattooed up. It's just a, you know, like a, an oddity, like almost like a Luna. They never went all the way with her either back in the day. Uh, you know, Ruby only gets so far because of her aesthetic, her look. It's a particular look, and Vince ain't going to push her. Yeah, but isn't Heyman in charge? Doesn't Heyman push people like that? Look at, you know, his track record. So I don't buy that. I don't buy that, you know, Liv's blonde and been pretty, and she's going to get the push. Look at Lacey Evans. That's what they do. The, yeah, it appears to be that way, but I, I don't, I'm not giving up hope on her. I still love Ruby Riot, but I will say Ruby hasn't been on her game that much since she's been back from double sh- shoulder surgery. Uh, I don't know. She, you know, some people come back with a fire, and I'm not. Again, I, I don't know her. I'm just going by what I see. Even her interviews are kind of like with Charlie Cruz. Are like, eh, you know, Liv is getting better in the ring. I got to put Liv over actually, and, and unfortunately, you know, put down Ruby a little bit, but not to any degree of like 
you know, over the top criticism of Ruby, but Liv is probably the hotter one right now to push, not physically, but uh, her move set, she's better in the ring. Um, they're just going with the hot hand right now. And unfortunately, Ruby's got to find her fire again, I think. And maybe, listen, she knows she's losing every week on TV. Maybe she's not into it. And there's nobody there who she's playing off of. Then again, the Riot Squad weren't exactly getting big crowd reactions, DT. So, but Ruby Riot, uh, Liv Morgan's the hot, the hotter ticket right now, and they're going with it. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Ruby's just got to find herself or maybe find a tag team partner and go after uh, tag team titles or something. Uh, she's got to, something's got to give for Ruby Riot. She just doesn't look very motivated right now. I look at it like this. Um, she's back. They brought her in slowly. Yeah. And she is helping one of her closest friends get over. I don't think Ruby Riot's stock has dropped at all in WWE. Right now, it is not her time. And even though she lost the last two weeks, um, well, she loses in general, DT, to be honest. She lost to Oscar three weeks ago. She loses in general. Yeah, but they're bringing her in slowly. And, you know, to me, you know, look, Oscar lost to Carmella multiple times, you know, and, you know, that's that's an extreme because Oscar had that tremendous streak in NXT. But the point is, is that Ruby Riot is one of the most talented women there. You know, her look is not, you know, my, you know, to my liking, I totally respect it, but she is extremely talented. They put her in the Elimination Chamber main event, which, you know, of course, that didn't go out well overall, the match. But to me right now, it just feels like, look, you know, Ruby Riot is all the way up here. Liv Morgan is all the way down here. And we just, you know, she's still feeling the damage from those hype videos of her in a hotel in a bathtub. We all thought that she was going to cut her hair and do the, all this stuff and have a major character change. And the only thing she really did was change her clothes and get rid of the blue tongue. I mean, but, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is that now they need to elevate Liv Morgan. And I think the most ideal woman to help elevate Liv Morgan is Ruby Riot. Name me one other person. And I know some people may say Natty, but, you know, it's not like Natty and Liv Morgan were friends over the years and they're having a little... No, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot have the Riot Squad connection. So they look out for each other. They fucking tattooed themselves because of the bond. I mean, who else would you not want to help more than one of your best friends? So I see nothing wrong with Ruby Riot. For Ruby Riot fans, it's a little frustrating that she can't buy a win right now. But right now, it's just not her time. You know, I I, I see nothing wrong with Ruby Riot right now. Right, right now, so no, no long-term damage from her losing all the time because again, they can. Everyone goes through this, and she could bounce back. No, well, be- Be- Becky Becky Lynch a couple of years ago lost a lot. Three years ago, Becky Lynch was losing every week. Look, I brought up um, a couple of years ago. If you looked at Becky uh, Bailey versus Charlotte, I think Bailey had almost every win against Charlotte. And maybe going back to NXT, I don't remember the the actual numbers, but. You know, there are some people that, you know, they go through some streaks. I mean, there's been wrestlers over the years where they turned it into a storyline. And and you know what? It would not, I would not 
doubt that WWE turns Ruby Riot's losing streak into a storyline. They did that with Ziggler, and Ziggler won a belt shortly thereafter. They did that with, I don't know if it was Swagger, but they have done storylines many times over the years of a wrestler having a rut. And I don't think Ruby Riot loses any stock right now. She is helping bring her friend to the next level. And the good thing about it is Liv Morgan, as you said, Liv Morgan has been impressive. And, you know, I've said this a couple of times already. To me, Liv Morgan greater than Alexa Bliss. I think Liv Morgan is more talented in the ring than Alexa Bliss. So Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, Jinder Mahal makes his return. He squashes Tazawa in 90 seconds. I'm Looking glad. A lot skinnier, skinnier though, don't you think? DT, did you notice the uh, physical, a uh, lot more thinner, less muscle mass for Jinder Mahal? Yeah, he's toned down a little bit, cut his hair. Um, I definitely think we're going to see Mahal and McIntyre go out. They're going to, they might have a little backstage, like you know, they'll bump into each other and they'll show appreciation for each other. And then Mahal look at that belt, and Mahal wants that belt, and they're two physical specimens. So that is destined, not even just the three MB stuff. That is destined to be a match, and that's going to happen sooner than later. Well, they have the history with each other, so there you go. Yeah. Um, the opening match was the six man that we talked about earlier that was really pointless. It was an okay match. But you had Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, and Apollo Crews beat Andrade, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory, teasing a little, you know, dissension or a little frustration in the uh, Zelina Vega camp. I think that was kind of expected by a lot of people out there. Then this led to Apollo Crews uh, getting the title shot tonight. I don't think anybody out there really thought Crews was going to win the belt because he's a, he was supposed to be in the Money in the Back lineup match, <coughs> but. Um, he loses due to referee stoppage because of the knee. And uh, right now we just have to wait and see. I think if uh, if Cruz is really out of money in the bank, they ha- WWE has to announce in the next day or two um, to a match between two people to take Apollo Cruz's spot in money in the bank. Maybe it's uh, Austin Theory be- versus Angel Garza. Oh, you think they can wind up having those two go against each other? Yeah. Could be. Could be. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, right now, I think it's sympathy knee. I think the the knee is just to, you know, get a little more sympathy on Apollo Crews. He he was in Money in the Bank, so they got to put attention to him. They got to give that suspension and disbelief that he could actually win this thing if he's still in it. So uh, we'll see. So next, we had Ricochet. Cedric Alexander, that's a tag team that I'm liking. I know we've talked about it before, but they do click. Um, It just sucks some of their opponents. And this week we got Chase Parker and Matt Martell. (laughs) It reminds me of like 80s job guys. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? Like some of these guys could be future somebodies, like, you know. Job guy today could be a star five years from now. Yeah. But uh, again, they're just filling, like, just filler, DT, just filling space. And then we talked about it. They cut the MVP. We got a lot of TV time tonight. And uh, he has a new tag team, uh, Thorn and Vic. And oh. uh, again, just filling time and giving, oh. uh, giving Cedric and Ricochet something to do. And oh. they'll battle next week, I believe, right? Next week they'll battle. I think so. 
Okay. Next, what do we get next week? Also, there was another match they announced for next week. Um, oh, drawing a blank. Uh, oh, oh, it's the, the Viking Raiders the versus the Street Profits. Yeah, for the belts, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, you know, for those that were wondering who the referee was, the female black referee that was in the match for Bobby Lashley, that is Aja Smith. And some of you may remember on Wednesday Night Dynamite a couple of months ago, I went through all the signees that WWE signed to the uh, to NXT or, the, or to the school, the Performance Center, and that is her. So for anybody that was wondering who the referee was. So, um, yeah, she she uh, she's not bad. I've actually seen a little bit of her work, and it was good to see her on TV. It was good to see. You know, quick match, you know, didn't need to do too much, and that, that's pretty much the right way to go. Great. So then we had um uh, I don't even I don't even know how how to explain. after Cedric and uh, and Ricochet. Well no, that that match was decent. I mean, four minutes, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, I mean, they really, you know, they too soon for a title shot, but you know, they definitely, I see them having tag team golden in their future. But, you know, we had Triple H segments all throughout the night. Um, yep. We'll talk about Triple H in a second. But just to close out Raw, we had um, the autogra uh, autograph signing. Contract signing. Autograph Contract signing. I, I had autograph signs on the brain before. The contract <laughs> signing with McIntyre and Rollins. You know, Rollins with the dapper suit, you know, looking good. And, uh, you know, it leads to the typical brawl. Now, early on, some people were wondering, oh, what happened to Jerry Lawler? And, you know, I will read his defense of using the ramen noodle moonsault in a moment. But uh, for those who are wondering, you know, what happened to Jerry, you saw him later on tonight. They used Samoa Joe on commentary with Phillips and Saxton. But right. at the very end for the contract signing, they had Jerry Lawler come out to give it a little bit more prestige, you know, and you know, legendary name to be there for the contract signing. So um, it leads to the brawl. Buddy Murphy comes out, you know, ends up getting hit. You know, hopefully we don't get Buddy Murphy versus Drew McIntyre oh, next God, week. No. So I'm kind of fearing that that's what we're gonna we're gonna see. But uh, that's how they go off the air. You know, Drew McIntyre is standing tall, which is a little bit surprising going into, you know, the pay-per-view is two weeks from now. Some people think it's only one week. It's a week from Sunday, which is technically Sunday, yeah. 13 days. But, uh, all right, Murphy, not Buddy Murphy, Murphy. So they're going to give him the Buddy name back. You watch. Murphy. Probably. Murphy what? Like I said, remember Ali? You know, yeah. oh, they got rid of Mustafa, and they're just going to call him Ali. And then the fucking announcer, the way he announces him, it sounds like two names anyway. Ah, Lee! If you if you were a blind person and never watched wrestling before, you would have thought a Japanese person was in the ring. Who's this Ah, Lee, in the ring? And then they gave him Mustafa A H H L E E Ah, Lee. Yeah, Ah, Ah, Lee. Ah, Lee! So what did you think of the contract signing? I was falling asleep. I couldn't wait till I got on early on the, the well, you know, waiting till you clicked on because I just got on the headphones and got on because I was I was really starting to put me out. I'm like, I better get to the desk. 
because I'm like, this just it was boring. It really was. Neither get both guys. Drew tries. God no, God love him. He's trying to be the champion and be the face of this company. Seth was just being drone and you know, this is gimmick now, the Messiah. They were just these two guys are not gonna keep you there's there's no rock and Austin here or no CM Punk and John <laughs> No not. CM Punk and no CM Punk and John Cena going back and forth here. I mean, my God, uh, you know, Edge and Randy Orton did a better back and forth. Uh, yeah, these two guys are not those guys to, to close out. I mean, listen, it's the top. He's the champ. You should close out the night with the champ, but not with this segment. Uh, you know, they had the little schmaz where Buddy Murphy came in. Actually, Murphy came in. Then he got the, the uh, I was going to call it the Corona kick. What is it called? The Claymore kick. Claymore uh, kick. The clay, the, yeah, the Claymore kick, not the Corona kick. Um, and again, that went off, uh, you know, with a, a popcorn fart off the air. I, it was, I couldn't wait to get on the show, uh, cause I, there was no reason I just tuned out and it was over anyway. So yeah, they didn't, they didn't close out a very, uh, very, very weak raw tonight overall. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, right now, I don't think there's any chance that Rollins beats McIntyre for the title, oh. but I mentioned this before and I'll say it again. Now I'm concerned. I'm concerned that Drew McIntyre will never defend that belt in front of a live crowd. You think so? Yeah. I, 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 look, he was my pick for the Royal Rumble. I was ecstatic that he got it. I loved the pop that he got. And I really, at the time, hoped that Brock would retain the belt in Mania, wait a bunch of months, McIntyre wins the belt in front of a live crowd, that connection, that pop, you know, that, that's been missing for a while. I don't know anybody else on the Raw roster right now that replaces that. And I think by the time we get live crowds, because of the sinking ratings, and it's not his fault. My God, I just had a, a revelation. Could you imagine WWE starts saying that the reason why the Raw ratings are getting even worse is because Becky is not on? They may actually try to play it off that Becky Lynch not being on right now is the reason for the ratings going down even more. Which is kind of, that pisses me off. Because again, if she doesn't want to compete, I mean, she interacts, she does interviews. You know, why doesn't somebody say, how come she hasn't wrestled on Raw in three months? You're saying it now, and if we see if that picks up any steam, you know, sometimes certain things, whether it's our podcast, other podcasts, the spotlight something, it gets a little steam. I think it's just some certain things get overlooked, DT. Certain things just get overlooked because other people get bigger looks. But she's the man. Like you said, she's one of the top people there. Closed out a show weeks ago with Austin drinking beer. She's that, she's that girl. Uh, to me, she's not. I think this is a bunch of bullshit. I don't think she's remotely as popular as yeah. they pretend to pretend she is. I think this has been a bunch of bullshit, uh, especially the last bunch of months. And I get a lot more, less uh, press back on me saying that than I got a year ago, which I got mad heat for that. But now people are like, yeah, I kind of agree with you, Kev. I'm sick of Becky myself. Um, but uh, I will enjoy an Nia Jax feud with her, but she's got to appear more on television. Again, if, if Seth is appearing, it, it can't possibly be uh, the COVID thing. I got to stay home. Seth is going back to her at home. They live together. So what if he's in danger? She's in danger. So when, I don't get that. So I don't buy that. Are they trying to keep her, you know, she's such a hot ticket, keep her off of TV. But isn't this a time now for her to step up? I mean, again, for God's sakes, that Austin appear a few weeks ago. 
you know, just, just to have him out there. I mean, he showed up, and he's not even working for the company. Uh, Becky Lynch should be here. If Drew McIntyre is here, she should be here. You're saying she's bigger and, and more important than Drew and more important than Seth? She should be here. If she's the man, then be here. Be, show, show up at work. I showed, I showed love to Nia Jax earlier. Not too much, but some. Um, I totally forgot one thing tonight. Um, when she did that backstage interview with Charlie Caruso, I thought that was great. She's that was like, good. I'll give it out when she yelled at Charlie. Yeah, she's like, what is Oscar going to do about it? Nothing. Or what are you going to do about it? Nothing. And then she's like, nothing! And that was funny. Like, I... I and then, but, you know, Angel Garza, you know, still, you know, hitting on Charlie Caruso and Charlie <laughs> melting like butter and he gives it a rose and... I want to see where that goes. I want to see where that goes. You think, you think they'll uh, utilize it kind of like the way they did? Uh, remember that time? Who was courting uh, Lillian Garcia? Uh, Big Daddy V? Oh, yeah, Viscera. Sure. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a rib they, on. Lillian. It was, but, yeah, but uh, I, I wonder if they're going to go further with this and incorporate that Charlie's never been involved in a. Uh, angle before yeah that i mean you know that ha that's happened over the years you know they put lillian in a little bit of a storyline i talked about it with the faint ma the match with the fink a week mm -hmm. or two ago i talked about it and um sometimes you'll have a non-wrestler and they put in a storyline now you know with the charlie caruso thing you know it's interesting you know she's gorgeous i mean she's to me the most attractive woman on that roster in my opinion but you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But, you know, talking about Drew McIntyre, you know, may never defend that title in front of a live crowd. I thought of two things. I talked about it on Patreon yesterday with Mish and two ideas that I wanted to share with everybody out there because I think they're damn good ideas. If everybody out there is aware of what the scientists said last week about the virus, that if you're indoors, 70 degrees, 20% humidity, the virus could live, its half-life is 18 hours, which means that if you have, let's say, 100,000 organisms on your desk, in 18 hours, it goes down to 50,000. It's half-life. Then in 18 hours, in 18 hours. But if you have that same 70 degrees with the humidity and you go outside, that, that half-life of the virus is only like two minutes, three minutes. So sunlight, ultraviolet, ray, ultraviolet rays, and humidity and heat is like some of the biggest ingredients to kill this virus. Good. So I was thinking WWE, AEW, Indie Feds, I will make a prediction. You will see wrestling events this year, a lot more events taking place outside than inside because heat, humidity, outside, those are all ingredients that if somebody sneezes, you know, and you're not near anybody, there's a good chance that virus will be dead in a few minutes. So started thinking about it. It's not a bad theory. Yeah, I was thinking theory. about it. Two things. Number one, I think WWE or AEW should consider having an event in some area, and then you almost have like a drive-in, like a, like like a drive-in theater we talked right. about it yesterday that you have everybody come up with their cars, everybody sitting inside their cars. 
You could have the people come up with the concessions, just like a drive-in movie theater, but instead, it's almost like old-school 80s when we used to go to the Felt Forum to see WWF or WrestleMania. WrestleMania 1, people went to movie theaters to see WrestleMania 1. So this, you can have a wrestling event, and you have it almost like a drive-in where people could pull up with their cars, the ring is around there, and you still hear crowd reaction, their windows will be down. I mean, hopefully everybody keeps their engines off so you know you don't have carbon monoxide. But the second idea was this. Someone asked me, like, what do I think will happen when they start having live crowds in buildings again? You know, because you gotta keep some distance with people. So I thought of an idea that I haven't seen anybody write yet. What I think would be an awesome idea is, let's say AEW is going to go to a state that allows crowds to come back. Not now, but maybe a couple of months from now, or WWE. What you do is you set up like Ticketmaster or one of these ticket outlets, and what happens is is that if you select, let's say, two tickets, you want to go with your girlfriend. When you go on Ticketmaster and you want to buy two tickets to see WWE wherever, it, in, when you select two tickets, it actually selects six. And what that means is that if I buy two tickets, the two seats to the right of me, the two seats to the left of me, or even if you want to put one seat to the right of me and one seat to the left of me, are taken. So if I buy two tickets, technically I have four. I'm only paying for two, but I have four tickets because the seat to the left of me is automatically taken too and a seat to the right of me is automatically taken and that's how you keep your distance so you could be together with whoever you go with maximum maybe four but when you buy two tickets it automatically selects four you buy four tickets it automatically selects six because the seat to the left of you and the seat to the right of you has nobody in it and maybe you make the rows uh six feet or ten feet apart from each other that's what I think needs to happen. It's not bad. That's not a bad theory. I like the outdoor thing. I like that idea. Um, you know, like I said, it's a, a happy medium for people to go back and see shows and stuff. I mean, who knows? Day to day, week to week, who knows what's going to happen. But that's not bad. Uh, if the virus, in fact, um, you know, can be killed or is much lessened in the heat and humidity, they're saying it does, but it's to be determined. We're still, you know, well, tomorrow it's going to be 60 degrees here in New York. It's been in the 40s and 50s, so obviously we're still in the, the, the mist of spring. But if the summer that comes about, you're right, and, and they should probably uh, give it a whirl and see, see how it goes, and then hopefully next year at this time there'll be a vaccine. I mean, we can all just hope for the I'm wishful thinking. I have to. I'm like, my career depends The vaccine's going to be this year. I hope so. It's like I said, my career, my career depends on it, so I can't be a pessimist, guys, before anybody goes, okay, what if it's three? I, I hope that it's not. Uh, I have to think that way. i got to be positive. I bet you um, AEW's yeah. first event back in front of a live crowd is going to be outdoors. i make that prediction. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I swear to God, I think, uh, again, even as podcasters listen, we're, we're thankful that wrestling is having, you know, you have your Wednesday show and stuff. There's shows, there's new shows to talk about. We have content for you guys to hear. We're an escape for a lot of you guys. And it's great for us podcasts. It's great, but Lord knows, I mean, you too, DT, uh, even for your business and get things back to some normality. Uh, I think I'm going to break down and cry the first time I see a wrestling event scheduled with people going to it and buying tickets. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, it seems like people even say, when you really think about it, it's a month and a half this has been going on. Doesn't it seem like 
four or five months. Yes, it does. Doesn't it seem a lot longer, DT, than six weeks? Yeah. It does. It yeah. really does. But I, I like your idea. I like your idea. I think that's good. And I hope they're, they're, they're examining things like this, and I hope these things are being kicked around. I, I, I think the next two or three weeks are going to feel longer because yeah. I compare it to getting, well, getting married is extreme, but I compare it to going to your prom, graduation day, getting married, going on the first date, you know, going to a party, going on vacation. When you have a set date that you know you're going to do something, when it's two months away, three months away, it still feels like a very long time. When you get down to like the last two or three weeks, you're counting down the days and you're thinking about it more and you're thinking about it more and those that last week seems like eternity. That's what's going to happen. The six weeks to me have kind of flew by rather quickly. Um, it's still unpleasant, but I think, you know, if we're a month away from, you know, you know, I know some states are already going back to to some normalcy to a certain extent, but in our neck of the woods, it's got to be another month or two. But um, yeah, I think all, at least all of May. I yeah, would say, I would but but I, I said this on Wednesday show three or four weeks ago. I said, remember the term state jumping, because would not surprise me if WWE or AEW go to a different state because the rules are lax. Now, AEW is going back to Florida. I don't necessarily consider that, you know, state jumping because they were there already before. But, you know, would not surprise me. And I mentioned this yesterday, too, that if WWE sees a state that has no more deaths with coronavirus, would not surprise me that WWE's return might be in a state that they don't normally go to. And I think there'll probably be, you know, like online protests about it and this and that. You know, like our state has got very little coronavirus. We don't want these people coming in from different states. I'm telling you. Think they think that's on the horizon. Um, King of Swanson, that's a good point. Adam Cole, you know, last year he was my wrestler of the year. The way yeah. he pulled, you know, just led NXT throughout Survivor Series and everything else, that guy to me was wrestler of the year last year. And doesn't feel like they have done all that much this year with him. No. It doesn't. So, and, uh, you know, I know that he was supposed to, uh, you know, have a little program with Velveteen Dream um, to everybody who's asking, Coffee Brooklyn and others. Um, you know, we don't know what the outcome is yet with Velveteen Dream um, no, on nothing, Friday. Nothing said today. Yeah, no. On Friday, I did a rant, about 30 minutes. Um, I was going to do a video today. I decided not to because I want to give it another day or two to see if anything comes out. Plus, to be honest with everybody out there, I am um, trying to see if this person really filed a police report. Yup. People know why I say that. Because me, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And uh, it doesn't pass the smell test for me. Now, another video has come out. I'll share with everybody probably Wednesday, since he is part of NXT and Wednesday show covers NXT. And again, you know, I, I'm a little bit 
concerned because the person who claimed that Dream did all this, the videos do not show any, you know, sexually explicit conversation. The photo that leaked out was a screenshot, not a video screenshot. They were video screenshotting and recording everything. But when it came down to what is being accused, there's no video whatsoever. It's just a screenshot. Plus, there's no screenshot of him asking for nudes or anything like that. And what disturbed me the most was that morning, whatever morning it was, Wednesday morning, when that morning came, it came out that that happened overnight, those people that were supposedly involved said, you know, we don't know if it was him or if he was hacked. So a couple of hours later, he goes public and he says that he didn't do this. Yeah. And it, if you look at it closely, it looks like when he made that denial, those people who originally said they didn't know if it was him or he got hacked, they got angry. And all of a sudden, oh, police report filed. Yup. Yup. You know, so it just... It doesn't pass the smell test. And then the 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 teenage kid, the 16-year-old, got caught being in a forum that's called Fuck Ends. You know, I'm not going to say the word. And then he deleted his Twitter account after he got revealed. And just something does not pass the smell test to me. Should Velveteen Dream have been chatting with teenagers I know his original idea, hey, I'm opening up my DMs on Instagram and socialize with fans. Okay, that's a cool thing on paper. But when it's 3.30 in the morning and somebody tells you they're 16, you immediately end the conversation there. Um, I, I know somebody got blocked on Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it was, and, I, and it feels like once that person got blocked, these accusations came out. And almost felt like it's revenge because, and I don't think, absolutely, I don't think this young these young people that were making these accusations, I don't think they really realized, you know, or thought it through. If it was bullshit, I don't think they thought it through and realized forensics and even little things. And even somebody who pointed out, you look at the screenshot, you blow it up. If you blow it up, anybody out there that's ever photoshopped something. You cut something and you put paste it on on a photo. If the pixels are not exactly the same, if you zoom in enough, you'll actually see a pixelated outline of what you pasted, and that's just you know the, the, that's just the Photoshop 101. And when you started zooming in on these photos, the only thing that repeatedly kept showing this pixel was his name. And it looked like somebody pixelate. I'm talking about on the phone and stuff. I don't know what's true. I don't know what the facts are. All I know is that WWE has not made a statement. And especially in this day and age, the fact that they have not made a statement yet, not even that, you know, Velveteen Dream is responsible, Peter Clark is responsible, whatever his name is, is responsible for his own actions. You have Peter seen Clark. him say nothing. So I don't even think right now, they even put any credence in this. I think this was social media, rightfully so, thinking that an adult was now, you know, acting like a pedophile towards kids. And then the immediate re reaction is, motherfucker should be in jail, fired, everything like that. 
But when days go by, one, two, three, four days go by, you know, even if this kid filed a police report and then says, nah, take it back. Like you, what was your phrase? You can't cancel 911? Yeah. Especially when an adult sends a nude picture to a, ch- to a child. So the kid could tell the cops, oh, my bad. Yeah, I don't want to press charges. You know, the cops are still going to arrest him for it. So the fact that nothing has transpired Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there's no record of a police report filed in Canada where that kid lived. There's no police report filed in Florida where I think Dream is. There's no police report filed in Washington where supposedly that phone number area code came from. And this is three, four days later, and those sheriff websites already have their files updated as of, uh, I think, yesterday. You know, it does not pass the smell test. But I figured, wait a few more days, and we'll see if it ends up turning into an Enzo or it turns into a um, James Ellsworth. But right now, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. I, I agree with you, DT. There's been no traction on the story today at all. Um, you know, I, I this would have blown up a lot bigger uh, than last, especially over the weekend and into Monday. And then, I, you know, some people are like, oh, maybe they're gathering evidence. Like, nah, shit would have leaked out. I don't think this has any legs to it at all. And if these people made it up, these kids, regardless of how old they are, they should be held uh, to the level of the law and, and, and really put your feet to the fire. You know, fuck this young Great and innocent balls of stuff. Fire. Yeah, fuck this young and innocent stuff. When I was 15, 16, I knew exactly what I was doing. I didn't fall back on any of that stuff. My father would laugh in my face if I told him I didn't know right from wrong. When it came to trying to frame somebody, which I would you know, never do because it's a pretty despicable thing. But I lie to go out and stay out late and say I was at a friend's house and do stuff that teenagers do. Yeah. Did I try to frame somebody or frame a teacher for sexual assault? No, because I knew I wasn't a piece of shit. So, I mean, again, I hope that if this is proven that this was made up and to get even with Velveteen because he blocked them or did something, feet to the fire, no matter how old they are, yeah. hold them accountable. And, if again, if Velveteen did this and me and DT oh, yeah, I, No, I'll, I'll fry him that. too, man. Yeah, exactly. We'll, fry, yeah. we'll go back on here and put his feet to the his ass to the yeah. fire too. But if someone made this up to get even because they were butthurt over someone blocking them or not giving them time or – you know, oh, he talked to me now, and he's not talking to me anymore. And listen, we know there's people who do shit like yeah. that. You know, and I, if they did that, again, to the, to the, accountable to every letter of the law. Yeah, and it, it's another thing, too. Originally, it was three girls, then it was three boys, and then the two screenshot conversations, one is of a guy, a kid, a male, one is of a female. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot of... See, this is the thing. I, I, I Younger people out there just need to understand you know we're not trying to play you off like oh we're experienced in this and that it's just that when you're on the internet for 25 years and you have you know edited and photoshopped and you know spliced and this and that there's a lot of tiny little forensic incidentals that you can do um you could masquerade your phone number to make it appear whatever you want on a caller id i mean you can buy a virtual number and you put in what you want the caller id could be and you can masquerade and make it whatever you want um i just like i said i personally my opinion i could be way off on this i'm usually not wrong and this is just a guess and assumption But in my opinion, when you have people 15, 16, and 17, which is the ages that they claim to be, all right, I don't think 
that when you accuse someone of something, I don't think they realize, number one, how detailed little things could be checked. It, just blowing up a photo and seeing that Photoshop, the pixels around it, seeing certain things, realizing this, realizing that. And, and again, when you go early in the morning of those people saying, you know, we don't know if he got hacked. And then he goes public and says, a couple of hours later, and says, look, I didn't do any of this stuff. Why wouldn't you immediately say, okay, you know, maybe he didn't do this. Instead, if you look at the tweets that were posted right after his statement, those tweets were anger. It was as if people wanted to insist that he did this. I don't know why anybody out there would almost literally hope that he did this. They would not accept that. And, you know, again, you know, they posted videos, you know, a clip. What school do you go to? Um, and people like, that's proof. He's pedophile, convict him. And I'm like, motherfuckers, college people go to school, morons. Where's the proof that he knew that the kid was 16 when he asked about the school? Why is that conversation separate from the audio clip? They posted video, but yet the photo and is, is a still shot and there's no video of the conversation leading to something sexual. You know, they. so I think somebody fucked around with a couple of things and then didn't think it through. 3.34 o'clock in the morning, maybe you're overtired, you don't realize, and I think the next day, once things started to come out and people like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, what about this, this? And then, oh, by the way, he was on a group page that night and the group page is called Fuck Ends. And then that got out, and then the kid deletes his social media. I'm telling you, I think I think yeah. the fact that WWE did not make a statement after one day that says we are looking into the matter. Plain and simple. Nothing. Zero. I think the the the, the lack of statements is very telling. So So you think uh, DT or uh, phrase I haven't heard you use in a while, nothing burger? Yeah, I think it's a nothing burger. Yeah. I really do. And, you know, that just shows you how dangerous social media could be. It is, man. Because, you know, so something like that, it gets, it gets legs. And, again, you know, it's almost like people will refuse to accept that maybe the guy didn't do it, you know. So, well, we'll see what happens Wednesday. You know, NXT, I think, is being taped Tuesday, maybe mm -hmm. Wednesday, but it is being taped earlier in the day. So we'll see if Velveteen Dream is kept off a week or two. We'll see if he's on business as usual. And, uh, you know, we'll see what else goes down. Um, you know, King of Swanstyle wants to know, do we think that Karrion Cross attacked Finn Balor? Think it's a possibility? Uh, possible, yeah. He might be going after a series of people, not just uh, Ciampa. Yeah, I, I mean, Balor was technically a heel. Now all of a sudden, you know, I don't, I it you know, look, the funny thing about Balor last week is, all they found were clothes. So there's like no evidence that he got attacked at all. You know, they just found clothes. So I wouldn't immediately buy that he got attacked, you know. But um, Cassette, before we go, Cassette wanted me to ask you, Mish, who do you got in a match between Al Perez, the Black Scorpion, and the Fiend? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Al. I have to go with the Fiend. Al Perez in his prime, I would go 
If it was a scientific match, but not nah, the fiend, probably I would go with black scorpion, please. Yeah. Black scorpion was black scorpion was Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Al Perez, and a series of other people. <laughs> it was a black scorpion was like four or five guys. Yeah. That was a disaster. Um, for everybody out there, if you want to go check this out, Tuesday, Impact Wrestling is going to be doing part two, night two of Rebellion, and they're teasing what the future of the world title will be. Um, so, you know, Tessa Blanchard hasn't competed because of, you know, what's going on with coronavirus, neither is Michael Elgin. So I'm wondering, do you think there's any possibility that Impact Wrestling tries to do an interim champion also, just like NXT is doing with the Cruiserweight title. I think so. I think it's a good possibility, actually. But who would that who would that be? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be somebody who's willing to perform right now. But um, yeah, Tessa's not willing to perform, right? Well, it's not that she's not willing to perform. I think she just she some some people report no. she's stuck in Mexico. So. I mean, I just think that because of the virus right now, maybe she just doesn't want to compete. I mean, Michael Elgin, want, you know, he wanted to compete, but because of what's going on, I thought it was uh, excellent. Eddie Edwards, too. Eddie Edwards couldn't compete either. Uh, I watched uh, for the first time last week um, uh, Impact. I watched it last week because uh, I wanted to see a guy who I've always liked and always underrated, Crazy Steve. Well, I actually named one of my cats after I call my cat Crazy Steve. And uh, I like Crazy Steve, and he came back for the first time, teamed up with Tommy Dreamer and Rhino. So that's why I watched it. And they, had, they have some good people in Impact. I was kind of shaking my head saying, they have some good people here. And it's it's a shame they just can't get that uh, momentum or that buzz. You know, they're kind of always lagging in afterthoughts behind uh, WWE and AEW. Yeah. They got a good crew. They got a good crew there, though. Did you see um, this uh, plaque that WWE put out for WrestleMania, $75 Undertaker plaque? And yes, I saw it. Yeah, you get it. also a capsule of mm -hmm. the dirt that they brawled on, or the 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 burial, you know, the the graveyard, you know, the t the tomb or the the plot. Uh, yeah, I tell you, if I was working now and back back in business, I would probably want to have something like that. I'm a big Undertaker fan, so I, I it, it was nice to me. I was like, eh, if I was working, I'd probably pick it up. But uh, it's not bad. You think it's worth seventy five bucks though? Honestly, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. Um, the plaque is nice. There's no autograph. So to me, yeah. it's not worth $75, but for people that are making a big deal that, Oh, I'm paying $75 for dirt. That's no different than when WWE cuts a piece of the apron or cuts a piece of the turnbuckle and puts that in the plaque as well. So it's not necessarily you're paying $75 because of dirt. It's the plaque, the presentation. And instead of putting, you know, piece of the person's shirt you're putting a capsule of dirt in there as well so um i don't think it's worth 75 dollars whether it was apron or even even if they cut like undertaker's boxers and put a piece in there i don't think it's worth 75 dollars <laughs> i wouldn't want i wouldn't want that but i'm looking at the chat site put uh, a, a blow up a picture and put it on discord and look i mean it's a cool thing it's a cool thing to have and if you got 75 dollars burning in your pocket you know, pick it up. But you're right, DT. It's not autographed. I'm looking at it now. I mean, it's numbered. It's they have a certain amount of them. Mm -hmm. It's a nice. It's a nice. If you're an Undertaker fan, it's a nice piece to have from that WrestleMania, and it was the best match of those two days. So that was the highlight of it. If you want to remember uh, the, the most bizarre WrestleMania you ever saw during coronavirus times, you know, <laughs> pick it up if you got seventy five bucks. Yeah. You know? 
by the way, shout out to everybody on YouTube right now, especially is about a thousand yes. of you. So, nice. uh, you know, usually we cut off in the next two, three minutes. Um, so we're going to, uh, exit and, uh, you know, when tomorrow on uh Patreon, is it your solo show or is it can't solo Chronicles? show, solo show tomorrow, eight fifteen castle Chronicles, uh, eight fifteen on discord, sign up right now. If you want to five dollars, uh, Don Tony, Patreon sign up. Yeah. If you're not and already. This Wednesday, I'll do Wednesday Night Dynamite. I'll get into, uh, you know, some more of the Velveteen Dream stuff. I'll also uh, discuss the Bellas and their memoir that they're pending or it's coming out next week. Got a few things. You know, we'll see if my predictions for the whole TNT Championship tournament remain intact. So far, I am perfect. Uh, if everything goes well on Wednesday, uh, Lance Archer will beat the balls off of Dustin. And send a message, almost like after Ivan Drago killed Apollo Creed. I must break you. Um, and it'll come down to Cody in the finals against Lance Archer with Lance Archer winning the belt. We'll see. Nice. All right, Kev. I will talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, just uh, real quick. Uh, just special shout out to Adam Tracy, Adam D, and Patrick. Uh, very helpful with me recently with something. They know what it is. And a shout out to uh, this guy named Carrion. Okay, and um, right, but if you had a choice right now, Ruby Riot getting a win or a Yuhu, what would you have? Ruby Riot what? Ruby Riot getting a win or a Yuhu? Uh, Ruby Riot getting a win. I'm, I'm all Yuhu'd out, DT. Between you and someone else, tell me Yuhu. I gotta, okay. I, right. I gotta calm down on Yuhu until yeah. I can get out. You know, get out and about again uh, on uh, house arrest until uh, they lift the uh, the uh, sanctions. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give Yuhu a break. But uh, thank you for that. All right, cool. All right, well, we're right. about to get cut off. Got to right, make guys. it under the two-hour mark, so it's the video's available right away. So, Kev, okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, thanks, everybody. Good night, YouTube, Discord. Good night, DT. Peace. All right, take it easy. All right, everybody, I'm out of here. We're going to cut this off right before the two-hour mark. Um, could stay longer, but honestly, got a show on Wednesday. Got a show on Friday. Looks like Mish and I will be doing this on Friday, so we hope you tune in. You'll watch me cry and have some pain. And uh, I'm telling you, please keep spreading the word. Thank you for the support. I'm about to get cut off, so be well, everybody. Much love. Ciao. Bet Saratoga this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com.